You're listening to the IFF TV podcast, presented by Paul Nealon. Hello, welcome Irish Football Fan TV. We're continuing on with our season previews. This is our final one. Finn Harps. I'm joined by Ethan Lee, who is the Finn Harps press officer, and we're here to talk about all things Finn Harps because you're around the team, you're around the players, you're around the manager. You've seen it all. So talk yeah, us. So yeah. yeah. Sorry, there's a little bit of a delay on the WhatsApp and the Wi-Fi there. Um, but listen, we said you get you on talk about Finham. So we'll start off with, firstly, just last season. Going into last season, what what did you predict predict on last year's show? I was here and I predicted we'd come eighth. Um, I kind of we didn't have the squad finish then, but I thought maybe we'd have enough to kind of get out of the uh, relegation spots. Ended up being true in the end. Yeah. Well, you know. Was that a bit of wishful thinking, or did you actually genuinely feel that? No, I thought we would. Um, I think we had a good squad last year. I think, because that was back February, we hadn't seen... didn't know we were going to have a big pandemic on. Um, yeah. So, I think uh, we... Every club was affected, fair enough. But I think one thing we had to struggle with, we had so many new players, is that, uh, like, the lads that have been there five, six years, even they didn't know who the lad to the left of them was, who was in front of them, you know, so you kind of had no time to bet in. So I think uh, we really struggled with that at the start of the year. So kind of taught me then from the first couple of games that into COVID and the struggles of COVID, obviously with, with Finn Harps and how getting back and did you just know that you were going to come back and something? Because there was so much doubt in the league that no one, like I just had Shane on from uh, Waterford there and he was saying he didn't even know if they were going to come back as well. Like, do you know? Yeah, it was tough. Leo. It was really tough. We didn't kind of know we were going to get back. We kind of find it hard to maybe make ends meet at the best of times. So, um, you know, we had lads that were kind of from abroad. They went home, didn't know if they were going to be coming back, that kind of thing. You know, we had to do the uh, GoFundMe to uh, get new dressing rooms to comply with COVID. So, you know, between Finn Harvest fans and the kind of wider football community, I must say, like Shamrock Rovers fans were a big help. Everyone kind of pitched and we had to raise 35 grand to get a uh, new dressing rooms put in so we could even have games at Finn Park, you know. So a lot of work, a lot of kind of busy activities, but we finally got there in the end. But just uh, like obviously on, on the club, I mean, that must have been so stressful off the pitch and you're going to come across so like, ah, oh, it wasn't a big deal. But like clearly it was. What was the actual struggle like for, for you is like around the club, the manager, the players, getting in new players and all that type of stuff at that time? Uh, it's hard to describe unless you're in it. Like Finn Harps is a bit mental at the best of times, but um, you know, we kind of maybe we pushed the budget up a bit last year to kind of bring in some of the more you know bigger, well-known names like Barry McNamee, Dave Webster, that kind of quality. And then you know, four games of the season, you've got no fans, you you know, no income coming, and you have to build this brand new kind of you know dressing room. It's really it was really kind of tough going for a while, but. We can always find a way. Everyone, you know, pulls in. The one thing about it is, although maybe smaller in number, it's a kind of, you know, small town, Balbuffet, only 5,000 people population, but you kind of really all pull together in the kind of tough times, and that kind of proved through again, really, that we kind of managed to get through that and do so well in the end. Yeah, because, like, I, I was looking at it just going, like, I, I I did say I did think that David Webster was going to be a, a key player for his last mm. year's experience and stuff like that, especially being down there. I think his experience would have been invaluable, you know. Um, yeah. You know, he, he obviously helped Pats and, and, and Waterford as well when he was with them. And uh, I just thought he was he was just such a good, experienced player to have in and around that dressing room. And obviously he knows the league so well. 
that, you know, him and then you add that Barry McNamee into it as well, who, you know, not that long ago was playing for Cork and was tipped to be one of the best players in the league and stuff like that. And then he's gone yeah. to you guys. Um, he was obviously at Derry for a while as well. Um, but he is a class player as well. And I just thought he's kind of had the bones of a really strong squad there. And I suppose what were your thoughts coming back from COVID then? Were you worried or did you think, were you still confident? I, it was weird. I kind of thought we'd do well, but the big kind of issue was back when the football first came back, I think we had five games in 13, 14 days. And I think we lost all but one. We won one in the cup. And that kind of drag after not playing for four months, then suddenly you're playing a game every three days, you know, it was brutal. And we had a really kind of tough run. And I think that's when you started to see the fact that the group hadn't been together that long. There was, you know, there wasn't kind of together as a proper team. You know, people were still kind of like, you know, learning who they're playing with, figuring things out. So uh, really kind of that's when you saw the bad run and we really had to kind of hold it out of in the end. Yeah. So the great escape. Yeah. As much in as your I shell like jersey. <laughs> but yeah. talk me, talk me to it from, from your own point of view, because yeah, obviously for me, it's, it's not a good memory, but you have to commend the way he's battled through it and, and he's got results and, and things went your way. And, and ultimately he's made your own look, I would say. Yeah, I think um, a big thing is even if you remember, I saw you at the uh, the game in Tulka Park where Harps and Shells drew one each. And uh, I remember that game, the first half, Shells could have been about 5 0 up. We were battered. It was, you know, a bloodbath. And then second half, we were the better team. We could have three or four of our own. And I remember um, with the lads after the game, they were just more annoyed than anything. They felt like it was an opportunity missed because they knew. There was quality in the squad, but they just couldn't get wins. They just couldn't get three points on the board, not just one. And so I kind of knew then that if they stuck at it, they'd kind of, you know, catch teams by surprise and see, oh, Harps are down, you know, ninth, tenth in the league. You know, we'll probably be able to roll them over. And they'd get a shock. And that kind of happened. I'd say the draw at Dundalk was a good turning point. But then beating Bowes 2-0 in Dalier, you know, that kind of handed over the league. But we played them off the park that night. And that really gave them, I think, the belief and the confidence that here, look, if we can beat both 2-0 here, we can take on anyone. Yeah, because that obviously seemed to be the case. I remember that game against Shells as well. I think that was Shells' ultimate downfall. We just couldn't score goals at that particular time and onwards for the rest of the games of the season. Yeah. That um, just couldn't score goals. And yeah, you were right. You know, in the second half, Finn Halves were much the better team. And it was a tale of two halves, really. Um, wasn't the best game to watch. I think you'll agree on that. Yeah, um, a few of the games were like that. I think. I think you saw last year because there were so few games. A lot of teams played very cagey and very, you know, try just not give up a goal rather than score one themselves. Yeah, and look, that that seemed to be the 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 case towards the end of the season for for most of the teams. Do you know what I mean? I think a lot of the games were kind of won and lost that way. You know. Yeah, yeah, I think. Um, the thing with Harps, I think towards the end of the season, just grinding out results. Um, I think uh, someone said on Twitter that uh, if you're going up to you know Balbuffet in um, in the kind of winter months and you go a goal down, you have to accept you're not going to get the result you want. And uh, I think that ended up being the case for a few teams in the end. Yeah, much to your delight, anyway. So obviously you stayed up, shells. You know, had the relegation playoff, lost to Longford. Longford will be up playing against you this year now as well. But uh, yeah. 
let's just talk about this season then. Obviously, your players out, players that have left the club um, for this year. So we're going to um, shout out to Andrew Dempsey again. I've shouted him out on every video because we're going by oh, his the, list. Uh, the transfer tracker. Yeah, really, really good. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Have a job. Fair play to him. Um, so I've only got three outs here, and you can tell me if there's anyone missing. So Sam Todd's got the UCD, Garrett Harkin, and Tom Mack. Will you be sad to see any of them go? Um, well, yeah, there's a few more gone, but Gareth Harkin was the captain, um, and he's been there, I think, eight years or so, eight, nine years. Um, so he's a kind of big one to miss. Um, you know, I think he missed a few of the early games, and once he came back into the team, we really improved. And so, you know, be sorry to see him go, but, you know, kind of him and Ollie had a bit of a fallen out, couldn't really agree, and, you know, that's football, these things happen. Um, I think, you know, who else? We, uh, Sam Todd, also a big miss. he been like, with the club. So he came in, we were in the first version 2018. And, you know, every year since then we've improved, and it's kind of no small part due to his involvement as well. Um, the likes of uh, Alexander Cogler, he's gone. Um, probably um, Leo Donlan, he's gone. I think Rory Harkin might be gone as well. So we've missed, you know, missed a few, but we've kind of replaced them as well. So that's football. You know, you're not going to hold on to everyone. But we've done a good job to hold on to the bulk of last season's squad, which, you know, I think, as you saw towards the end of last season, there's a lot of kind of potential and quality there. So hopefully we can kick on from that. Yeah, well, I have your re-signed players, and I want you to talk me through who you think will obviously be a big factor keeping uh, this year. So you got Barry McNamee, Mark Timlin, Stephen Follum, um Patrick McGarvey, Tommy McNamee, or sorry, Tony McNamee, Mark McGinley, David Webster, Stephen Doherty, Ryan Connolly, Carlos Sullivan, Mark Russell, Adam Foley, Kosovar Siddiqui, I hope I said that right, Joe Bradley Walsh. Get in there. Um, yeah. Lee, Lee McLaughlin, Ronan Gallagher, Mark Coyle, Shane McElhenney, and Jamie Brown. If there's anyone missing again, you can let me know. Yeah, um, I think off the top of my head, that all sounds right. But even, you know, their harps aren't used to having that number of players, you know, kind of re-signed right away with no turnover. So we'll hold on to the likes of, you know, Barry, Webby, Koss, Shane McElhenney, Marcus, all of them, you know, a lot of them would be in your starting 11 kind of as soon as you can. So to hold on to them, I think speaks a lot about the job that they kind of all done at the end and the kind of team togetherness, but also how they feel about the clubs because you know they would have had offers elsewhere, but they were happy enough to stay because you know the club might be not be the most glamorous, but they're kind of well taken care of. It is a bit of a cliche, but it's a kind of family club. You know, you're brought into the family, you're made to feel at home. You know, so I think um, that speaks a lot. This is the IFF TV podcast. We just want to take a quick break to speak about our sponsors for this video and podcast, Team Fipe. As you can see in the image there, some of the clubs that Team Fipe has acquired, Shamrock Rovers being the main one so far. Team Fipe is an easy to use online payment platform that covers management and administration, finance, club development, communication, governance and COVID track and trace. Club administrators save hours of time with Team Fipe, save time on administration and finance. You can quickly confirm, decline and record attendance at club sessions and events. With a new database created, parents and players register with the system which in turn creates and builds a player database for the club. Team groups can be easily set up for easy access to data. Real-time transaction updates. Team Fipe keeps club administrators or team managers updated on processed payments, but also flags up incomplete transactions and automatically emails the payee to give notice of a future attempt. Team Fipe already works with over 1,000 leagues, clubs and academies and are growing all the time. Team Fipe is proud to be helping clubs across multiple sports. 
Team FeePay is free to use, it's free to install by all of their members. There are no hidden fees, there is no sign up fee, no annual fee and no monthly membership fee. The processing fee, Team FeePay charge a very modest fee for any financial transaction that they process, similar to the bank or other credit card processor fees. Book your Zoom demo today at teamfeepay.com or call on plus three five three one five two six seven four nine nine. This is the IFF TV podcast. You know, is this something that maybe you can build off? Because maybe in, in the last number of years, you have been able to hang on to players like this and you're probably going to every season with a totally new team. Yeah. No, it's definitely great to have. And, you know, even can you look at the defence bar? Um, I know we'll get on to it, but like kind of Ethan Boyle's come in and he'll probably play. But, you know, most of the kind of the defence is set, goalkeeper set, even up front, the likes of Carl and Adam Foley, you know, they played a lot towards the end. Adam Foley kind of came up big for the club. He um, came in in the middle of the season, didn't play, you know, kind of saw appearances here and there. And then um, after a couple of injuries, he ended up starting the last three or four games and scored twice, you know, to kind of win big games. So um, you can see all through the pitches, they kind of maybe a spine foreman. And, you know, if you can, like any good team that kind of goes on a run or starts to improve, they kind of get in that spine and that kind of holds firm throughout. We just want to take a quick break to speak about our sponsors for this video and podcast, Team FeePay. As you can see in the image there, some of the clubs that Team FeePay has acquired, Shamrock Rovers being the main one so far. Team FeePay is an easy to use online payment platform that covers management and administration, finance, club development, communication, governance and COVID track and trace. Club administrators save hours of time with Team FeePay, save time on administration and finance. You can quickly confirm, decline and record attendance at club sessions and events. With a new database created, parents and players register with the system which in turn creates and builds a player database for the club. Team groups can be easily set up for easy access to data. Real-time transaction updates. Team FeePay keeps club administrators or team managers updated on processed payments but also flags up incomplete transactions and automatically emails the payee to give notice of a future attempt. Team FeePay already works with over 1,000 leagues, clubs and academies and are growing all the time. Team FeePay is proud to be helping clubs across multiple sports. Team FeePay is free to use it's free to install by all of their members. There are no hidden fees, there is no sign up fee, no annual fee and no monthly membership fee. The processing fee, Team FeePay charge a very modest fee for any financial transaction that they process similar to the bank or other credit card processor fees. Book your Zoom demo today at teamfeepay.com or call on plus three five three one five two six seven four nine nine. Yeah, well, I just got to talk about your your transfers in, and you can let me know who you're most excited about seeing about. So we got Ryan Rainey from Bonaghy United, Connor Barry from Galway United, Will Seymour from Sligo Rovers, Ethan Boyle, who you mentioned there, um, from Linfield, Luke McNicholas from Sligo and Lone, Niall McGinley from Dungannon Swifts, Ryan Shanley from Hibs in Scotland, uh, Tunde Owalabi from Hamilton, and Sean Boyd. Yeah, um, why are you laughing? Um, you're um, you got through to the Olave, but you know, in fairness, I'd say I'm watching a while here, much worse. So, fair pity. Um, as a few there, even like you know, Ethan Boyle was at the club before and he was kind of well, like good presence in the dressing room, so he's kind of you know, gone away to Rovers and Linfield, you know, really growing up in a way. He was with us, and he was kind of 19 20, so 
Kuto, he's come back now, you know, fully formed, big unit, so uh, he'll be good to watch. Um, well, not, a, not that, Ethan, not that long ago he was in the Ireland under-21 squad, and I was looking at him going, how is he under-21? And that was like two years ago. I know, yeah, he's a beast. Like, I wouldn't want to get into a fight with him. Even um, I was lucky enough at the uh, at the weekend, I was at the preseason game with Cork, and uh, he'd knock it around a lad and just fucking muscle him out of the ball. <laughs> there, there was, you know, he wasn't doing step overs, just like, come here, I'm coming through. Um, we'll see more. I'm excited to see. It's maybe a bit of a boring one. He says he's kind of like models the game on Michael Carrick, but uh, I kind of I'm the same. I love watching the midfielders. Just kind of you know, sit in front of the back four, give it, kind of put a foul in, tackle in, keep the play going. Um, Tunde Olabi scored 35 goals in 41 games for. FC out of the Manchester last season. So obviously it's probably not quite the level that you'd have here, but I think in this league, you know, you kind of strikers are hard to find a lot of brought in and don't really pan out. But I think having someone that even just knows what the goal is, you know, that has that kind of confidence and has that, you know, pedigree, although it's not in the kind of maybe the standard of this league, should hopefully kind of come in handy. Yeah, because well, you always want that goal threat to even just give the opposition a little bit of fear so they can't kind of rest in their laurels. And then you have someone who's always, you know, on the threat and on the front foot that, you know, it, it definitely upsets defenders, I feel. Yeah, yeah, definitely. He's, um from what I've seen, even kind of highlights and watched him there at the weekend. He's kind of quick, strong, and that's the kind of players you need, especially if we're maybe going to be playing defensive and have to kind of counter and that kind of thing. You know, someone that's quick and can get after other teams will be very important. Yeah, well, I think like looking around your team, you're going to have a good spine there. You've got, you know, Webby, Shane McElhenney at the back there, I think are really good defenders. And then you've got Barry McNamee and some of the other players there that you mentioned as well. So I'm kind of looking at Finn Harps uh, from my own point of view, from a neutral point of view. I'm probably looking at them, I'd say another eight place finish you'd be happy with just to try and build off again. Um, I'd be happy with it. Yeah, I'd take, you know, fucking get me the fuck out of the playoffs. Is, you know, obviously, if you can avoid that. But I think it's kind of hard to know, I think, um, with the platform that we had from last year. And I think over the last 10 games, the form table had us in third or fourth. Obviously, small sample size, you know, notwithstanding. But that's kind of an indication of how the squad really pulled together, you know, the second half of the season. So with that, and I think you know some of the good quality brought in, I think there's maybe a chance to kind of move up a few more spots. But there's also the other side of that is that I'd say other clubs might not have seen us kind of coming towards the end of last season. So <laughs> you might have um you might not have the kind of element of surprise this time. Yeah, well that's what was, we usually kind of finish off with you know where you'd love to finish, and then where your head thinks you'd, you'd actually realistically finish. So where would you love to finish? I'd love to finish in Europe. I'd love to go and be ordering a new passport, you know, out in freaking Lithuania away. A few cheap pints to yourself. Um, well, it'll happen. Unlikely, but, you know, stranger things that happen too. You never know. Yeah, okay. And where where um, do you realistically think you'll finish? Realistically, um, I'd, I'll not give you the only answer and say ninth. Um, I'd say... Uh, I'd say maybe six or seventh, kind of mid-table. I'd like to think we can push on from last year and move up a spot or two. Um, I'd think, you know, the two clubs that have come up might find it tough. I know Drahada have signed fairly well, but, you know, it's kind of hard to maybe come in and gel or maybe a couple of maybe more injury-prone older players they brought in, which might be fantastic, might kind of miss some game time. It's hard to know. Um, I'm not that sold on who Waterford have brought in. 
or Derry either. And so I think, you know, with kind of COVID as well, you wouldn't know if you have a bit of an outbreak and you end up having to miss three or four games, you know, you kind of, that could, you know, change your season in a nutshell. So one of them things. Yeah, well, I think, you know, what you said there, I don't think it's unrealistic, especially when you've kind of mentioned the fact that in previous seasons, you've never really had a settled squad kind of coming back in and a lot of players who obviously know each other. And that's key to a side who want to do well is consistency and people have formed relationships with the players beside them and stuff like that. And if you don't have that and you're going to a new season and you're trying to do this every year, trying to renew relationships and trying to, you know, uh, get to know players and how they play and stuff like that. This year you have that little bit of an advantage and a lot of other squads that I'm looking at are totally turned over. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I think, well, other clubs might have had that benefit last year when we had to kind of do the, you know, forming bonds and creating a team rather than just a squad. We'll have that advantage this year. I think there's um a good kind of sense of camaraderie in the group you know they all are kind of you know taking the piss of each other on social media as daft as that sounds shows that they're you know their mates off the pitch and they kind of keep in touch that kind of way so i think they'll kind of stand in our stead really once the football gets up and running yeah well you weren't wrong last year with your prediction so um i'm not gonna sit here and say anything against your prediction so we'll wait and see how that pans out ethan i want to say huge thanks for coming on and giving your two cents it's been great having you no, no, no bother. Anytime. I'm happy to come on and chat about Harps or make fun of other clubs as well. I have no bother with that. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, anyone who's watching, let us know what you think in the comments. Where do you think Finn Harps will finish up this season? How do you think they've bought? And um, yeah, or just if you want to chat to Ethan or whatever, just write a little comment and I'm sure they'll get back to you. Yeah, let me know. <laughs> Nothing too loud here. I'll clap back. <laughs> <laughs> Let us know your thoughts in the comments and don't forget to subscribe as well. Give the video a like if you wouldn't mind. And we'll speak to you all soon. Thanks for watching. The IFF TV Podcast presented by Paul Nealon. Like, rate and subscribe.